In the legal world, embracing business automation isn't just a trend, it's a necessity. According to a recent survey by Legal Tech Insights, 93% of law firms are already harnessing the power of technology. I'm Lee Levy, co-founder of Nanato Media and author of Beyond Se Habla Español, How Lawyers Win the Hispanic Market. And this is In Camera Podcast, where we explore the synergy between automation and the legal industry. Welcome to Income, our podcast, Private Legal Marketing Conversations. Grace, welcome back. How are you, Leo? I'm great, Grace. Thank you so much for asking. I'm so happy to see you here. I'm great to see you too as well, Leo. <laughs> great. That's great. Thank you so much. Yeah. No, I just, you know, was very happy to reconnect and kind of like pick up our conversation where we left it, right, Grace? Because I think we are touching into something very interesting. And sure, we could be talking about core algorithm updates and such, but you know what, Grace? Those things come and go. And the reality is that if you're doing all of the right things, you're going to be fine. If you're not doing the right things, then this is a great opportunity to understand that you probably need to go and change some of the ways in which you are managing, optimizing your website or whatever it is that you're having trouble with right now. But here, we're going to use this as an opportunity to really continue working about talking about how we can use tech to be more efficient, right? And our previous conversation, for those of you who have not yet heard it, I highly recommend you to do so because we really talk about kind of like what are the benefits of having a hybrid case management software that is also your CRM or if you're going to have both of those or how you can actually get started if you don't really have a budget to invest in this type of tech. But the bottom line is that it's super important and critical to have that, right? So in today's conversation, we want to get a little bit more hands-on and I'm going to ask you, Grace, to please share with us what would you say are the 10 most impactful automations that a law firm should not miss out on implementing so that they can really leverage these platforms that they're probably, who knows, probably some of them are already even paid for and they're not really used to their maximum capacity or with just adding some additional tools, they can get so much more benefit out of them, right? And, and, and the goal here, like why is it that we are so hot on automations? Well, it's because at the end of the day, they save you time, but most importantly, they just remove little tasks that can create a lot of friction to you or to the team that is working on those things. And it's just such a great improvement in terms of being able to focus on things that are of bigger impact in the business. And at the same time, it also removes a lot of the room to for error because now you don't have somebody manually taking care of some very uh, repetitive steps that sometimes, because we are humans and that's what we do, we make mistakes, can lend themselves for errors to occur more easily when they're actually executed by humans. All right, great. So 
What are your thoughts, first of all, on leveraging automations? Let's just go from there, and then we're going to go with automation number one. So automation means a lot of things to a lot of people. So when we talk about automation, I want to talk about the basics, and that's what Liel's kind of asked me to do because we keep – I think that we forget sometimes what our audience is. Our audience is other lawyers, marketers. Many of you are small to medium-sized business owners, not the big boys a lot of times where you have unlimited budgets, unlimited things at your fingertips where you can have these paid-for automations and not really even worry about the fact that they're running and going the way they're supposed to because you have the budget for it. With that in mind, that is what I want to provide to everybody that listening to this podcast. It's There are multiple things within automation that you can utilize what you already have, what you're already doing, and then leverage it from there. So I want to talk about, you know, sort of the top 10, but in those top 10, it's really three things that you're going to be looking at that you can use automation for those that will create the top 10. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is things like your website. There's a lot of stuff that you can do with automation with that. So as we go along this conversation, that's how I'm going to present it to everybody. Um, and of course, as Liel has questions that you probably will ask as well, um, that's how we'll, we'll kind of format this discussion. And that way you can have actionable things that you can do right immediately. If you have a website already, which you should, if you have email already and the different things that we're going to kind of go into in terms of automation and creating um, automation that will make you more productive, more efficient, and less hands on a particular item that you can do repetitively over and over again without a person having to do anything. Yeah, Grace. And actually, one thing that you've mentioned in there, of course, you know, when you are a smaller organization, automations can have a tremendous impact on you because it just removes a lot of the workload that you're doing and mundane tasks that really do not uh, require any of your intellect, expertise and know-how of the legal world. And so to have to remove those is great. And the other thing is that to know that you do not have to increase your labor force uh, because you have to take care of those things is a great way also to start building a very sustainable business from the very, very get-go, right? Without just increasing in overhead over time without necessarily knowing that you could be saving a lot of money there if you actually implement these systems from early on. And one thing I just want to add on is that a lot of these very, very big firms, you know, they're actually amongst the ones leading in this type of innovation because they do have the resources and the time and effort to experiment and experimentation here is super, super key. And it's one of the things, Grace, why you've been so successful at it is because as you've been mentioning in many of our episodes, you are, exp you are experimenting with at least 10 different platforms a week. Uh, and that's very, very, very meaningful because the fact that you have the time to do that and test and actually get familiar with all of these different technologies gives you a lot of leverage then to know how you can use that to your benefit. And so know that if you are looking down the road and thinking, okay, well, how the bigger firms work? Do they actually do these things or not? The answer is yes. For the majority of them, they are actually very, very good, very efficient at actually using automations because they have initially the resources to investigate, experiment, and then implement these things. Now, in your case, if you're smaller or 
just starting to explore these things, a lot of those answers have already been asked. The, uh, answer, a lot of those questions have already been answered. That's what Greg's gonna be doing here for us in just one moment. And so you can already take the full benefit of knowing what works, how to implement it without having to go through the process of the experimentation. But as you grow uh, big and your necessities, your necessities become more particular, then it's always one of those recommended uh, approaches to the way that you go about growing your business is always experiment. Even on the things that are already working, can you find better ways to doing them? It kind of like, it's counterintuitive to the mindset of like, if it's not broken, don't fix it. That That is not how big corporations work. Like if you think, for example, uh, Meta, right? Or Facebook, they are most of what they do is experimenting on new stuff, right? What already works, what's not yet been invented, what already existed but could have a comeback, they are constantly experimenting and they're constantly trying out new things because it's one of those things that's going to be the next big thing that's going to take them to the next level, right? And so I think, you know, while that may be uh, manageable for them because of their size and their resources, it's still something that you should keep in the uh, back of your mind as you're making decisions and the way that you think about just trying out new stuff. All right, Grace, enough of me hijacking your time to tell us what are the best top 10 automations that we should go about. Let's go with automation number one. What is it? So for me, automation number one is website. You need to have a website. And I'd say almost everybody I know has a website. And most of the websites out there are on WordPress. If you have other types of websites, this also applies to you. And I'll tell you why in a minute. So when I'm talking about your website, I'm talking about a WordPress website with plugins available to you. And the reason I'm specifying plugins is because there are free things out there, depending on the type of website platform you're using. In this case, I'm talking about WordPress. There are other ones like uh, Square, Pix, and there's all kinds of other ones, but they all have very similar abilities for this plugin that I'm talking about. There are plugin autoresponders. What does that mean? That simply means that if someone fills out a form on your website, it immediately responds to them that you will contact them and that you will get in touch with them in X time frame. It's a simple email. Yep. It's a simple notification. It can even be a simple page that pops up telling them, thank you for contacting us. We will be in contact with you on this time frame. An autoresponder is a very easy, free thing to include on your website. You need to do it if you're not already doing it. It needs to be a thank you page and an automated email text if you can do that. But an email at the very least, that is the first and most simple automation that every single law firm out there needs to have and should have in place today. Yeah, most marketing software solutions actually offer this as, a, as, as kind of like even on, on their most basic entry level uh, versions, they would allow you to link form submissions to then um, automated emails that go out. They probably won't allow you, like at least on the most basic versions of them, they won't allow you to set up a full workflow or a full automation of uh, additional emails, like a whole sequence of mails. But at least one email that says, 
uh, as Grace, as Grace very rightly said, just a thank you. And I think what you're saying there, I mean, getting more into the client experience, giving a time frame. I think we cannot stress enough how important it is to do not say we'll be with you, we'll get back to you as soon as possible or like it's not really concise and people do not know. It has to be within the next business day or within 24 hours or within two hours, right? Depending on how your operation works and your schedule, but it has to be with a timeline. And again, going back here to the, you know, biggest, best established firms, um, they reach out within 15 minutes. Some of them, some of them will have processes in which they'll do it in less, but I think average speaking, they would actually reach out in 15 minutes. Some may even send users to a scheduling page where they'll allow them to choose when is the actual right time for them to choose, uh, sorry, for them to be contacted and such. But I think, you know, this is the top basic um, 10 automations and basic is just give them a response and time frame. Great, that's a great one. Let's move on to number two. Number two is your email. Every email out there has the ability to create a message automatically. It's called out of office. It's called autoresponder. It, it can be called any number of things. In every single email out there, it has this ability to respond automatically. And you can create rules in your inbox to respond a certain way every time using templates. Every single email, Gmail, your personal Gmail, Outlook, it doesn't matter what email you have, it has this ability. You need to turn it on. And that way you can specifically take care of people when they come into a certain email address, as an example, have it respond that way. And this is separate from your website because this is somebody emailing you, as an example. So how do you want that to response to happen? Again, time frame, just like Liel said, super important. What you're going to do to help them. And you can include a callback scheduler, a simple book time with me from your calendar that that's two in one i'm giving you two in one here because it's not just an email yeah. autoresponder it's also a book time with me that's native to outlook native to gmail you can include your calendar for people to book time with you yeah that's a fantastic one grace and, and i'm gonna just you know to make it even more vivid for for attorneys when do you use this i mean again a lot a lot of you very very busy right probably uh some running the firm as a one-man show or as a one-woman show and you are maybe a trial lawyer right and you're spending time in courts or hearings or whatever it is that you're doing the positions whatever it is that you're doing and so you do not get to monitor your email every single 15 minutes so that you can respond and get back to people so by setting up these type of rules that a lot of people think about it out of office i only going to set it up when i'm going on a vacation but what grace is saying here is you can actually have it active all the time and just right in there say i uh check up my emails from this hour to this hour daily and so just know that i will do that and get back to you within 24 hours or if this is an urgent matter matter please here are my 
the other ways that you can actually get my attention right now. So I think this is this is a very, very useful way when you really want to show people that you are on top of things, but do not have the ability of being on top of your email 24 hours a day. So um, really, really good one, Grace, and very much underutilized um, oftentimes, especially now that people are leaning less into emails and are relying more in text messaging, whether it's through Slack or Microsoft Teams or even WhatsApp, right? So I think it's a really, really good tool. All right, Grace, number three. Number three gets a little deeper, and this is a huge problem for every law firm I've ever seen. It doesn't really matter what practice area you deal with or what practice you're in, and that is document retrieval. How do you create automation for document retrieval? That is a little more difficult. However, there are plenty of integrations out there. You do have to pay a little bit of money for them, but we utilize ourselves a few different uh, medical record providers, including an in-house quote unquote one that sends out document requests as if they were individual medical record requests. I'll even give you the software name, um, You know, shout out to Jared. We use uh, Arctrieval. Um, Arctrieval has been a really great system for us. It is very inexpensive uh, per user cost on a monthly basis. Um, they basically charge their cost almost uh, for running the system and maintaining it. Um, it integrates for an additional, I think it's a, a one-time fee up front. And then after that, it's just part of your subscription model. Um, a small one-time upfront up subscription fee for this integration and when I say small I have been through a million of these guys and I got to tell you this really is small so if you want the document retrieval process which is again one of the most difficult and annoying processes when it comes to dealing with practice areas I would suggest integrating with somebody who can if you don't and are not able to which completely is understandable if you're a one-man shop there are document repositories in SharePoint there are document repositories in any CRM that you have out there. Uh, just make sure that you understand how that part of it works and that you have a standardized naming convention for your document process. This will help you in the long run when you do have the money to integrate. This will help you in the long run when you have the time to create something with a developer. In the meantime, I would say Make sure that from the very beginning, the automation that you're going to include is naming conventions so that your documents, when they get imported, are stacked exactly the way you want them in the correct folder. There's a lot of things that you can do. Email parsers. That's the one that I really want people to understand. Email parsers. Okay. So a lot of CRMs have email parsers available to them um, out of the box, but there's something called mail parser IO. It's $100 a month. It's very, very inexpensive and it integrates with, I couldn't tell you how many things it integrates with. For $100 a month, every single thing that comes into your inbox, into any inbox that you have access to, you can parse the information out of the email and drop it into your CRM, drop it into an Excel spreadsheet. And with this document retrieval process, you can even rename certain information when it comes in and drop it wherever you want it, meaning your document repository. Let me say that again. An email parser will take any information from an email and place it where you want it. Excel, document repositories, folders, literally anywhere you want it. 
and it even has the option of integrating with Zapier. So for those of you who don't know what Zapier is, it is a simple system that integrates one thing to another by clicking a couple buttons. It is a little more expensive, which is why I like mail parser to what you currently have, you know, whether it's Excel, a document repository, or somewhere in your CRM. It does integrate with every popular CRM I've ever seen out there. Yeah. No, Grace, that's that's tremendous. And I think you're getting uh, very advanced here. I like it that you are giving us some basic stuff and then some really, really, really heavyweight uh, automations in here. But you're really starting to scratch there on the surface of uh, AI, right? I mean, what what's, what's the benefit of leveraging tools that can actually understand what's inside your uh, inbox, understand what's inside your com uh, documents, and then uh, make decisions based on that information and, uh, you know, connect platforms using the data from one to the other. That's extremely, extremely, extremely helpful. I mean, I think 100% uh, listeners should pay a lot of attention to what you said there. And let's keep on moving, Grace. What do we have for number four? So for number four, I have social automations. So Facebook, mm. Instagram, which is the same, similar, right? Um, I say yeah. every single social platform I've seen out there has a planner and the ability to create social posts in advance, as far in advance as you can. Use it. You don't have to pay for Hootsuite or any of these, uh, you know, pushing out BuzzFeed type of social programs that you can load all of your systems to and do it all in one. That sounds great. If you have the money, do it. Get Hootsuite or one of those because you can put every single brand, everything that you want into that. But if you don't, utilize what's already free and available to you right out of Facebook. Facebook for business yeah. pages allows you to just schedule out posts, calendar them, boost posts on a certain you know basis. If you have anything like that, you need to utilize it because this is going to help you continue your brand awareness, particularly if you're brand new. How do you build up a following? You need to have regular posts, consistent social feeds, consistent uh, presence in different locations. And so the only way to do that is to plan it out. So just like you plan out your cases, just like you plan out everything that you do, make sure you plan out your social media posts. And it can be done in every single one of these platforms very easily, very simply, weeks in advance, months in advance. Yeah. Scheduling is actually great. And uh, as you've said, most platforms nowadays uh, offer it for free to some capacity. Right. All right, Grace, let's go for our number five. So number five is e-signature platforms. You need to have that. I mean, sending out mail is going to be cost prohibitive, especially as a small firm. So for me, it, and slow. it's slow. It's, you're, you don't know when you have to have tracking on it. you got to pay money for the tracking. What if they lose it? It doesn't get to them. There's so many problems with physical snail mail. Send an e-signature document. Send documents online. People, almost everyone has an email address or has the ability to receive it via text message. Sign now, I have found, is probably one of the easiest for users at the end. It does have integration ability. It's kind of expensive, unfortunately. Uh, to utilize their API, but it has autoresponders, it has automatic reminders, it has messages, and you can and are able to copy yourself on emails. So back to the email parser, you can combine a couple of these things together that are low cost at the outset, 
and just have the information flow automatically by using the few things I just gave you just now. Yeah, 100%. signature platform. E-signature is a must, especially also if you're in a time-sensitive uh, uh, practice area type, right? Like personal injury, you want to make sure that you lock down those leads into clients the moment that you were able to qualify them. Grace, let's move on and talk about number six. Mm -hmm. um, I put that one after where we were in the middle of talking because it just popped in my head. <sighs> Phone and text, two different things, okay? Don't, don't think of them as the same for this purpose anyway. You can think of them as the same for this purpose as well, but what I'm gonna say is you need to have a messaging service. Somebody or something, I do not ever suggest having a voicemail pick up your calls. If you can, obviously you would prefer to have a direct message to your cell phone because you're solo and you need to bring in leads and cases and the person that answers that phone the quickest is the one who's going to get that claim. But if you have to have, you must have a voicemail set up, an answering service, something that will help you create this message to the person, letting them know that they're important, that you're Use it like just like you would your email autoresponder out of office message. The, the voicemail that you're going to leave is going to say every day. You can change your voicemail every day. I'm in court from this time to this time. If you're calling me, please, you know, I will get back to you within this time frame. So use your voicemail and your phone system as if it was your communication path because that's exactly what it is. You can leave voicemails just like you would with the autoresponders, out of office messages. Instead of out of office, you're telling them what you're doing, that they're important to you as a client, and that you will respond to them as soon as possible. So it's a version of an autoresponder. I'll just add on to these. Sure, you can you can leverage voicemail to be slightly better than the average experience that voicemail is, but I think it's 100% worth an investment where you do not have calls going to voicemail, especially during business hours, especially during times that people would expect for you to be available. I think it's something where, and, and this is just my personal opinion, you don't have to necessarily agree with it, but the, the bottom line is that I still think when it comes down to phone calls, people are also a little bit more selective nowadays when they actually make a phone call. Um, there is value for these phone calls to be answered by a human. Uh, it 100% is gonna cost, but I think there is, solutions whether it's through call centers virtual assistants there's different ways where you can uh, give a human experience to those who are calling you and also uh, prevent for those calls to be from spam or cold calls or sources that are no value for you and you wouldn't want to pay money to actually have them answered by a person but I think it's a really really great point that, that there this you know there are things that you can do to even enhance your voicemail experience. All right, Grace, let's move on and go to our next one, which should be number seven. Yeah, it's really number seven. It's like 7.6. Okay. Because <laughs> you know, okay. we keep expanding on each of these one, two, three, four, five. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not it really is. seven. It's kind of probably closer to 10 at this point now that we're talking about all of these. Uh, but text messaging. Mm -hmm. So everybody uses text messages, guys and gals out there, everybody out there, everybody uses text messages. If you do not have a system by which you can text people, you need to get it. Um, it's not, it's going to be time consuming and difficult for you to hook up your own cell phone number 
um, you'd have to figure out a couple of different things that as a solo practitioner is not that easy as an individual. So I would utilize something that's out there. There's plenty of them. There's actually email systems that allow you to do text messaging. Um, MailChimp does that. It's a little bit more money um, and it costs per text, but this will allow you to have autoresponders that Liel was talking about. He said, you know, if you had the full-blown system, you could have workflows and all these other things in your email campaign systems like MailChimp that I told you guys are free for up to 2,000 contacts. You pay a little bit more for the upgrade to include SMS. Do it. You need it. You have to have it. You need to have SMS. Everybody communicates by SMS. Everybody wants to communicate with you as a lawyer or as a law firm. And unless you communicate back with them in the preferred method that they communicated with you, they're going to be upset. Think about yourself. Think about you as an individual. When you call someone, you want them to answer the phone. You want them to call you back. You don't want them sending you a text message after you call them. I get pissed. We all get a little annoyed when that happens, right? But if someone sends me a text yeah. message, I'm expecting to respond to them via text. I'm not going to pick up the phone and call them because they texted me. That means they don't want yeah. me to call them. They want me to text them. Yeah. So think about it as if you were your own client even because you want to communicate yeah. to others in the method that you want to, they want to as well. There just comes the factor of opting in, particularly if you're if you're using it as a as a marketing you know, tool. Marketing tool, but you tackle that by just making sure that on the first uh, communication that you have with them or in the first outreach, they they have an option to to opt in into that. So whether it's through the form submission on your website, uh, or by them actually sending you the first text, right? They can actually opt in. There's ways to do that. All right, Grace, that's actually a very very good one. Let's go for our last three eight nine and ten so i would say eight nine and ten would be document automation we talked about document retrieval but i'm talking about document automation document automation is available to you in word okay and when i say in word what i'm talking about is you can create merge codes and merge fields as if you were going to mail out something and do it just like you would in mailing out something, but you're using it to create this document automatically from your database. How do you do that? It's a little more complicated than just standard, you know, inputting information. You have to create fields that are called objects, but it's available to you in Microsoft Word very easily. And what it does is think about the old school, many of you um, that have been lawyers for a long time remember this part, and that's the mail merge. If you remember mail merge, mail merge let you take an Excel spreadsheet and drop all of the addresses and phone numbers and all this stuff on there, and then you know create a whole bunch of mail, individual letters that you would print out and mail out, but it would have everybody's name, and it would swap out certain information, right, like the title with the uh, database information, or you know, the address, right? I've utilized mail merge for extensive projects that have more data points that you can use it the same way. How do you do that? Instead of just having, hello, Mr. So-and-so, the Mr. So-and-so would be from your CRM, a data point. Yeah. If you're trying to tell them something, uh, this case type, you know, I'm reaching out to you about hernia mesh, da, 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 da. I need you to sign this document before we can proceed forward. 
turn it all of those. If you've got a hundred of them that you got to do, you turn all of those into individual PDFs. You can actually upload those to your e-signature platform, yeah. send those out individually, but there's your automation in automatically creating a hundred records with one click. Yeah. So basically what you're talking is about, um, creating every, um, data field in your CRM kind of like as a yes. token and then you can insert particular tokens into template documents so that whenever you need to create a request a communication a letter whatever that is rather than as you said having to go and manually insert this information it actually is subtracted from your CRM automatically inserted into the document and then mailed out or printed out or whatever uh, the distribution is going to be. And I think, Grace, you know, to really make this uh, triple whammy sort of like automation insight, I think the next step and where, where you should 100% be experimenting is in rather than having a baseline document that actually gets the actual data points inserted is you have a prompt that actually gets the data points inserted and then is a command of what you need to be the document alike that then runs through something like ChatGPT and creates you an even more thorough, more personalized, more precise message that can be way more effective than your template that still has some ambiguity to it up to a certain extent, maybe because it lacks it lacks some precision details about the particulars of the case. Why? Because it is still based out of a document that needs to be compatible with what you need to do for another 100 cases. So how much more, how much can you actually personalize it? Whereas if you were to use AI, you could actually use other additional data points to further personalize the actual communication. And that's way more powerful, right? Now, I will say templates can be very, very effective because of that thing. It's because they're black and white. There is no room for you know, adding more or, or, or giving less. It has to be this and it has to be very, very, very precise, which oftentimes is what you want. But mainly so when you're looking at the actual client experience, how wonderful is for you to be able to actually give updates on the case status in a way that it's very personalized rather than kind of like an email template that would look like, hi, Mr. Smith, we are communicating with you because your case status has been updated to uh, insert, you know, the status of the case pending by the court. We will let you know when this is actually moved on to the next stage so that we can uh, continue moving forward. Please, if you have any questions, do not hesitate to reach us, uh, to reach out to us, right? How different would that be if you would actually write, hi, Mr. Smith, we are um, uh, giving you an update on your case. So yesterday we heard back from the uh other side or the insurance company and they have said that they will be moving forward with litigation so what does that mean for us is that we are going to go ta -ta 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 -ta. why you can expand into it now because you're actually 
prompting to AI to explain what uh, pending on court means using certain parameters that you want AI to use in explaining why this status means and what the other status means and what the other status means that can already leave in the prompt. You don't have to manually insert it, but you also do not have to put the person to read what are five different statuses that do not apply to them because you actually just want to list them all on the email and so that they can self-serve themselves and find which is the one that applies to them so that they know what it is, right? You see the difference in the level of personalization that there is one and the other? And 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 the, the beauty here with AI is that it's simple. It's way easier, it's not cluttered, and it's very much kind of like based out on the capacity of doing things personalized without having to uh, invest more time or resources than you would usually do on a template. Great, I really like this. I think these are really, really good. 10 takeaways, right? This is not an episode where we have, you know, additional takeaways because every single tip that you've shared here, I think it's tremendous, it's very valuable. I think some are really kind of like scratching the very basics that really allow you to just start thinking different about what do you think an automation is and things that are available to you that you've probably been ignoring. Uh, start using them if they're relevant to you and then really kind of like think big, right? How can I stop doing this instead of write a prompt that can potentially do it for me in the future without me having to redo the thing? And it may take you double, triple the amount of time to set up for the first time. I know you always talk about that, you know, set up, setting up things is not, it's not gonna be the easy part. But once you're benefiting from it, it's life-changing. Right, Grace? So I'll leave you here for your final yes, thought. Yes, definitely. We'll need to have our own session about AI because I've been delving extremely heavily into AI, including developing our own voice AI bot. So we're currently developing our own AI, and um, I'm very heavy into the tech stack, including the custom NLPs and other things that are going to be very highbrow code talk. Yeah. Um, but I do have a lot of information for everybody on here about AI, which is why I didn't touch upon that within this conversation only because I know how confusing it's been for people. And when we talk about prompts and all this other stuff, a lot of them still have no clue what we're saying. So I think yeah. that bears its own conversation separate from this. And I think that it will be a probably a multi-part series conversation for people just getting into AI, people about, you know, kind of comfortable with some of the prompts and then those who are advanced in AI like us and really developing prompts to make it easy for us. Because there's a lot of compliance yeah. um, and regulations that people are not necessarily thinking about. And if you don't have your own AI resource, you kind of have to figure this all out on your own and it's not that easy. So I'm here to help and that's what we're gonna do next, probably in the coming sessions. But uh, for right now, I agree with you, Liel. These are some very basic things that you can do, whether you have money or not, that you can just turn on immediately today at the end of the, this, podcast go into your out of office messages turn on your autoresponders go into your email do the same thing and go look at the e-signature platforms if you don't have one and definitely definitely turn on an sms if you don't have that already all right great great insights great tips thank you and i'm looking forward to that next conversation have a great rest of your day you too thank you thanks if you like our show make sure you subscribe tell your co-workers Leave us a review and send us your questions at ask at intamerapodcast.com. We'll see you next week.